0: Are you looking for the perfect bracelet for a loved one? Would your man be interested in a personalised keyring from his children? Are you looking for the best priced jewellery whether it be a necklace, ring, earrings, bangle or even more? Look no further than Crafted Arts. Crafted Arts is a local business based in Barry within the Vale of Morgan and they have a range of all the perfect items you need. If it's for the perfect gift for an anniversary or maybe it's for someone's birthday, maybe something for christmas or you wanted to give someone that perfect gift that will last a long time crafted arts is the business for you if you want to know more or see what they have in stock then you can visit them locally at 29 high street barry phillic morgan cf627 eb or you can go onto to their website at www.craftedarts.co.uk you can even email them at info at or maybe just give them a call at 4 double seven eight nine nine four two four eight. Trust me, it's worth it for the perfect gift. The best thing about Creative Space is that we don't just want to encourage people in being creative in TV, film, or even theatre. We also want you to be creative in a variety of other things as well. So, do you want to have experience in making jewelry? Do you want to pick up a hobby, but? not know what to take or where to start then look no further than the veil jewelry workshops veil jewelry workshops provides the best experience in teaching you how to make the best sterling silver jewelry they will help you make a range of silverware including rings bracelets and many more pieces you will learn the basic silversmith skills such as soldering texturing shaping and lots more not only do the workshops provide the experience for adults it also provides the best experience and fun for children as well so if you want to learn on how to make sterling silver jewelry and if you're very interested go on to their website at www.veildewerryworkshops.co.uk or get in touch with them via email at info at or even phone at zero double seven eight nine seven nine four two four eight. Guys, how are you? Welcome to Creative Space Podcast, and this episode today, I've brought my friend along with me, Chris England, to talk about one thing, and one thing only, and that is Doctor Who. Now, you must be wondering, hang on a minute, Reese. we've already seen the Star Beast, we're already going into the Wild Blue Yonder the day before. Now, I I am going to say this. This was pre-recorded, we had some predictions, so there's a lot of predictions that have been fulfilled or not fulfilled. So, I hope you enjoy it, because we enjoyed talking about Doctor Who. Me and Chris, since we were very young, really enjoyed Doctor Who. We loved everything about Doctor Who, the Tildes, the Daleks, Cybermen, the Doctor himself or herself, everything about it. And we just wanted to talk about Doctor Who. Now, the thing is, not... Everyone is going to agree or disagree with some of our opinions, our thoughts or our approach to uh, things that are going on in Doctor Who at this moment or back uh, back in the day or in the past or whatever, right? But as Doctor Who fans, there is one thing in common and that is the show itself. So without further ado, let's get on to it. It's me and Chris England on Creative Space Podcast talking about Doctor Who i hope you really enjoy it guys and remember everything that we say please take it with a pinch of salt we are not the creators we are not russell t davis we are not well we we hope to be one day but again it's me and chris england on create the space podcast enjoy You know what, it's been a long, long time since I've had someone sat in front of me just talk about everything, but this is a very special episode. Chris England, my friend!
1: Hello, fellow Whovians! Yeah, fellow
0: <laughs> Now, you're reading the title correctly. We are two big, big Doctor Who fans. Now, we are recording this on Doctor Who Day! Yes! It's the 60th
1: anniversary! Yes,
0: yeah. we're talking about it on, on the day of the anniversary. We've got, we got the colourful, the Daleks colourized episode later on tonight. we got... Uh, what was it the events um, in space and time which, which Harry Herneman has been telling me that they've reshot the last scene and apparently it's gonna be Judy Gatwa being next to the console oh, That'd be beautiful if that, they did that it would but doctor so uh, for anyone who is not a doctor fan but does follow my podcast this is your perfect chance to not listen and listen to all the other episodes L- love like share my channels. But for now, I do apologise. But anyone who is a big Doctor Who fan, enjoy this one. So, of course, we we got to talk about our love for Doctor Who. Our, our love for Doctor Who goes way, way, way back. You know, when we were kids. But I want to know from you, as a Doctor Who fan, Chris, what made you want? What made you fell in love with Doctor Who? And you you were telling me before we started recording that it was a, it was nothing to do with Doctor Who at all, apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah. As I tell a lot of the um, of my mates, I'm what is known in the Whovian world as a wilderness baby—the era between the classic and the new series, where where you didn't have any new Doctor Who on TV. In fact, I was born one month after the final episode of Survival aired.
0: That was well one month after, was so it? Yeah. Your parents picked the perfect moment, didn't
1: they? <laughs> oh, too true. And. Around the age of say three or four, it was sometime in the early nineties. There used to be this fun um, game show called Telly Addicts by Noel Edwards, and that's where
0: I was first introduced. No, Edwards, you mean Edmunds? Edmunds, Edmunds. yeah. Was... No, it's fine. It's fine.
1: No, and basically one of the clips they did was of the eighties Doctor Who. I keep forgetting what one it was. It was either Kinder or um, Warriors of the Deep. All I know is that it's one of the Peter Davison ones and it was with Janet Fielding. And um, the uh, the stuff they were showing off, of course, just fascinated my little brain. Mm. And of course, back in the day, it was really difficult to find a- a- any of that stuff because that was like VHS and pre-DVD and everything. But then, of course, 1996 came around. And no. it's my year, I was born. yeah. I, little six-year-old me learned they're doing a Doctor Who movie and that was fantastic of course at the time I didn't really think about Sylvester McCoy I think, thought more about the new Doctor they introduced Paul, Paul McGann Can, yeah. as a result I could I could call Paul McGann my first Doctor though on a technicality Sylvester McCoy is
0: just as much the first Doctor yeah. to me as well well theoretically though when you first watched that Doctor Who the movie it, it was who, who started it off Sylvester McCoy yeah. So you kind of can say that Sylvester McCoy was your first doctor, yeah. kind of. But then it, it went into Paul McCann, who is undeniably underrated, I think. Oh, and and under, underused, I think. And hopefully with the there's there's been going around this news that there's going to be a spin-off and hopefully eight episodes, which makes sense, I think. Eight episodes, the eighth doctor. Just just something that makes it just puts it to bed basically give paul mccann his uh, credit where it's due um I, I i think as well when it comes to paul mccann a lot of people say oh yeah i always say that he hasn't really had the opportunity and people always say yeah but you never listen to the audios you never listen to x y and z and i said well yeah that's fine because obviously uh doctor who was at a point where the only source materials that you can obtain were the comics the books and uh, the the audio, and uh, fair play to Paul McCann, he trooped it on. and was like, "Yeah, I'll do him, no problem," because he is the Doctor. Oh, yeah. And I think still the longest running Doctor. I am I'm I've had loads of debates about that, loads of debates about that, because uh, obviously with Tom Baker being the the longest in TV, I'm thinking, yeah, but in general, Paul McCann is because there was a huge gap with uh, Paul McCann and Christopher Eccleston, and then obviously a, a bit of a gap when. You know, when Sylvester McCoy started, but then when he had to regenerate, I always felt like, well, that that is it. You know, he's done as a doctor. He will always be the doctor. So let me ask you this, right? Sticking on to the spin-off for Paul McCann, Paul McCann's doctor. Now I got it down here as um, what we do as showrunners, right? Now we could talk about the, the, the current run the current ones in a moment, but in terms of the spin-off, if you're in charge of writing the eighth doctor's Story arc or storylines, as you say, what would it be? What would you love to see depicted in that uh, in that moment? Oh, that's
1: a difficult one to say. Coming from the one who's mostly known him through the audios and that, I always loved the stuff they did on there when they did the anti time arc, the divergent arc, and everything. Personally, I'd love to bring back some of the companions from those audios. They have been canonised thanks to Stephen Moffat, a good chunk of them. Mm. And basically, I would just throw throw in some um, new adventures, new ideas, and being the hardcore one that I am, I always like to try and bring bring extended lore into the um into the main TV series. Like I would love to see um, characters like the pterosaurs or the Virens appear on TV because mm. they're just fascinating ideas. These ideas of these ancient pterodactyl-like creatures soaring through the time stream, mm. or these mysterious android-like beings that are always trying to stop the latest plague going around. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Do you would would you bring in the classic villains? Obviously, like the Daleks, the Cybermen, or um, the Time Lords. Would you bring in any of those? Not, yeah, the classic monsters, the classic villains, or the classic characters. Would you do that? Oh, I would. I would definitely bring in the Daleks
1: because come on, who doesn't like a good Dalek? Yeah, one? And
0: who, who, do, who wouldn't? But not in there. But would would in you their bring classic, in classic? Um, because this is the thing about the 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 Doctor, especially Paul McCann's Doctor. You can have that. Uh, freedom to go well we obviously um, Paul McCann regenerated into John Hurt and then John Hurt's War Doctor saw those type of Daleks that we know today but you can still balance it out between that uh, oh yeah how, they, uh, how they've how they gone from the classic into the modern ones that Agreed. we know and love um, the Cybermen if they were to bring him back I, I don't know because I think that would be too much if, if it was yeah. if it was eight episodes it would be too much but if they were to bring the, the Cybermen back, I would assume that they would have a classic look to them. I it's got to have... be
1: classic looks. I and... would go with the 80s classic. Personally, my favourite Cybermen design is the 80s classic. There's just something about the look. The silver chin moves when they're talking and... No offence to Nick Briggs, I love his voice as the Daleks, but for me, David Banks will always be the voice of the Cybermen, mm, yeah. particularly the Cyber Leader. Ever since Earthshock, that bit where he's just going, destroy them, destroy them at once.
0: Yeah. It's just like, oh, so good. Do you think they, it added more uh, human-like to that? I, I, even though the Cybermen are not human, they're obviously cybergenetic. They're humans that were cybernetically enhanced and... and or well, basically manipulated and everything, but do you think that it offered that more tone, that uh, human like tone? Yeah, that's resemblance, what was, was yeah. Of...
1: I, I do like that because it does show off what they used to be. They yeah. used to be these Mordacian humanoids, and now, uh, um, and then when it just shows like where they've been cyberized and everything, it's yeah. such a terrifying thing.
0: Do, do you think, as well, in in obviously still carrying on with the uh, Paul McCann? Uh, story arc, do you think that in two things, when we should be introducing, or whoever is going to be in charge, I know Vasity Davis might, but then he might give it to someone to go, right, I'll write the first episode and I'll lead the way Um, do you think they will introduce new monsters that will plant the seeds for the future for Doctor to use, do you think they would do I, that? I think
1: that would be an interesting idea if they introduced new um, uh, designs
0: and that, yeah. Yeah, and do you think they should have, in your honest opinion, do you think they should have a the Eighth Doctor meeting his future self?
1: I always love um, multiple Doctor storylines, I always have. Like, one of my favourite um, ones they did um, with the Eighth Doctor was... Um, Ironically, 10 years ago, the 50th audio, Light at the End, because I loved um, him bantering with the fourth Doctor. (laughs) What was that one then? Light at the End was a 50th anniversary audio. It basically had all of the classic Doctors together, because the Master had teamed up with a group of weapons manufacturers. I keep forgetting their their name for them. But basically, he set up a trap that would cause the TARDIS um, and the Doctor to no longer exist.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. See, this is why I need to start listening to the audios, because uh, they sound... But but this is what I mean, though, with the audios, because not many people... I know that we, we're in a... Well, I mean, look at us now. We're talking... We're podcasting. <laughs> Too true. Right? Too true. But at the height of the podcasting now, we should be listening to more audios. But do you think back then, obviously when you were growing up, I, I don't know, I was born in 1996, and I'd never really listened to any audio dramas, you know, I wasn't that particular type of person. So do you think that... Um, there is a justification that there should be an Eighth Doctor stories by a television because that way then people can follow it more easily, do you think?
1: I think you... Yeah, I, I agree with it because there's so many stories you could tell with the Eighth Doctor as well. Yeah. And considering the change of... ah, um, oh, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say... the Considering the build-up to what was the new series, Time War... And where he was at the beginning of the TV movie, there's just so much you can do yeah, with these Yeah, because
0: at the end of the day, you know, it, it, he's age. I know, I mean, he looks good for his 60s. Oh, he's great, in, yeah. In, in all fairness, he looks great for his 60s. <laughs> and um, you can, like you said, you could do so much with it. And it's not as if to say, oh, yeah, we're following him off from here. It's like, there he is, you know, this is what... And I think that's what people would love to just go, we just want to see him in action, See him not listen yeah. and m- imagine things, but you know, see him in action, and that's what we love, you know, that's what we love to see. So, now you've said you were introduced in that way on an old Edmonds show. Mine was pretty simple. Um, I did not know, and it, it, you must have been buzzing when you heard that, uh, that there was a revival coming, there was Christopher Eccleston was gonna make an appearance who I think is a very underrated doctor as well criminally um, criminally underrated um, and I'll, get, I'll I'll get on to him in a moment however while i was I was at my cousin's house and I was completely oblivious to doctor who I did not know the hype I was not at all interested until until um my cousin's uh, their mum who oh, is also another cousin of mine. Um, she said Doctor Who is on, and they just ran into the t- uh, to the living room, and I was like, "Oh, what's what's going on here?" And the Doctor dances with the uh, the gas Mac zombies yes. were on there, and I was like, "What's this?" And my, my cousin Lucy and Leisha, they they said, "Oh, this is Doctor Who, Reese. This is um, this is really good." And I was like, "Oh," so I started watching it, and I shat me pants. I was like, "Oh my <laughs> yes. god." And then, and then I watched the following episode, which was Boomtown, which introduced me to this um to the theme. Um, and obviously, I was really proud because they 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 set it in Cardiff, so I was yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. You know. And then I watched um, uh, uh, Bad Wolf, the Parting of the Ways, and was it a double episode? Yeah, it was a two-part uh, part in the um, so, Parting yeah. of the Ways and Yeah, Bad Wolf and Parting oh, of the Ways. Oh, it was waste, Bad Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I watched that, and I was I was really gutted. I was I was really gutted at Christopher Eccleston um had had left and the only reason why i was gutted because at the time bbc iPlayer player was not the the thing at the moment it wasn't yeah. really bringing in any of the content from the past so so when david tennant came in regenerated as a as the doctor i thought my god and do you know what i was not familiar about david tennant i was like who the hell is he
1: yeah i had only been introduced to david tennant like a year before in that BBC series Casanova, I think. Oh, it Casanova, called. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I was aware of him, and I was just... Uh, I, And I don't know of I, I keep forgetting whether um, Christmas Invasion came first or Harry Potter 4 came first, but one of the two. But it's like, I had, like, a good knowledge of um, David Tennant and what he had done at that yeah. point, yeah.
0: I think Christmas Invasion came, and then yeah. came first, and I think then Harry Potter... 4, which was what, the... Goblet, Goblet
1: of Fire. the Fire, yeah. My Goblet.
0: personal favourite of the Harry Potter one Do you know the reason why Gobble of Fire, apart from Prisoner of Azkaban, and this is about Doctor Who people, not about mm. Harry Potter, mm. but the reason why I, I enjoyed Prisoner of Azkaban, it took a different route. It took a, a very horrifying, horror route, and it took, you know, a, a more... I I just love Gary Oldman as Sirius Black. I just absolutely adore him in that. Um, And the reason why Gobble of the Fire is another one is because of... David Tennant yeah and the thing is he was only in it for what about 10 minutes 10 minutes yeah yeah and he had such a profound effect he had the most important effective character yeah and Brendan Gleeson as well we all love a good Brendan Gleeson of course yeah. yeah now we are talking about, and apologies if you uh, listen in the background, that uh, my uncle and grandfather are having a big debate about something. so I don't know what it is, <laughs> but we're going to carry on. Yeah, so well, I was introduced to David Tennant then. and I, my, my, One of my personal favourite episodes, not just of David Tennant, but of Doctor Who, is The Christmas Invasion. It just has that nostalgic effect that I, I just love dear it.
1: It is my personal, it's my joint favourite of the Christmas specials up there with Matt Smith's Christmas Carol,
0: the uh, Matt Smith's Christmas Carol one.
1: Yeah, do you know? I, it wasn't really my favourite.
0: I don't know why. I, I,
1: I, I think it would probably be a bias because we had um, the late great Michael Gambon in it.
0: Mm, yeah, and Catherine Jenkins was in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, she makes everything gold, in yeah, my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. There, I just the, 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 I. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't have any fond memories of Matt Smith or even Peter Capaldi's, apart from Twice Upon a Time, because I, I really liked that David Bradley was brought in yeah. to play to play the first Doctor, which he deserved he, he without a shadow of doubt. But there was there was not many uh, there was not many Christmas specials that stood out for me between Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi, and that's me saying something. That's yeah. not me being. That's not me being a David Tennant fan or something. And and that's another thing. I'm going on a sidetrack rant here. and This is where people need to understand this, right? If you're a Doctor Who fan like us, we will go... I mean, I'm going to go in-depth now of how I got into Doctor Who a little bit more. But a lot of people say, oh, I stopped watching it when David Tennant left. And it's like, well, you're you're not a Doctor Who fan then. I'm sorry, you're not. Um, You're you're a David Tennant fan. You watched it purely for David Tennant, which is fine. But, you know, don't go up to another person saying, I don't like the now Doctor Who Oh, have you mm-hmm. seen it? No, I haven't. Oh well, you are a Doctor Who fan. Then I'm sorry. You know, I mean, I I sat through watching, you know, Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall's, I mean, I mean, we always speak to Harry, and Harry's like, well, I'm not a big Christian Chibnall, but each is to their own. Yeah. So, um, but I always have Christmas Invasion, The Runaway Bride, uh, the Voyage of the Dam, no, yeah, no Voyage of the Dam, yeah. yeah, Voyage of the Dam, and, and um, the End of Time. All the and all the next Doctor. The next doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the next doctor. I just like that's not my favourite, but I I will remember the David Tennant episodes more. Yeah. than I remember the Matt uh, the Matt Smith yeah. and Peter Capaldi ones. And ironically, there's no Christmas specials with the Jodie Whittaker, but I still enjoyed the New Year's specials with the Daleks. Yeah. I thought there was there was something. I'll give Chris Chibnall credit. I I really liked how he tried to experiment with the Daleks in what in terms of the storytelling, but. Uh, it, but he's not Still, one of my favourite yeah. storytellers.
1: Yeah, say, say what you will about Chris Chibnall. He did make the Daleks more of a threat again. Yeah, Apologies, Moffat, but you put one too many jokes in it at times to try and make it a threat.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. There was something about... Um, if it, It's like, as a showrunner, you have that added responsibility of you've got to make these characters more uh, dynamic, or you've got to make them bold, you've got to make them dashing or whatever and and it's like with the daleks a lot of people are getting fed up with the daleks because they're being overused or they're not being used and it's a it's a very catch-22 situation with the doctor who fans you either want to you don't want to and if i was in charge of doctor who then this is the thing we're we're fans of Doctor Who, so we love to talk about it and this is not it it won't happen it may happen i don't know never know but it's it's just if I was in charge in the first seat, and I, if I was to come in my first series, I'd do what Russell T. Davis is doing, just won't add in the Daleks whatsoever, yeah. just just give it, just give them time and build them up. Exactly, know? bring back the um,
1: menace of the Daleks in my opinion, like build it up in the background, yeah. like they, there's a new power, a new regime rising. Yeah. yeah,
0: and it's like, oh what's this new power resuming, you don't find out until the second series where it's, exactly. oh my god, it's a Daleks.
1: The one thing I do have to admit, I do feel like the Daleks need a, I wouldn't say an overhaul, but kind of sort out the hierarchy with the Daleks because there's like different versions of the Daleks around. Yeah, yeah. One of the biggest gripes I had during the Moffat era was that stupid Parliament of the Daleks and the of the Daleks. That made no sense. I, I did not liked like. It. I actually liked it though. I I... I, I don't think it's so much the Parliament itself. I just didn't like the Dalek Prime Minister. I was just like. Why could it have just been the Supreme Council?
0: That made, yeah. make more Be sense. like the Cult of Scar, you got the Cult of Scar, you got the Supreme Council, you got the yeah. you got an Emperor. There was no Prime Minister, there was an Emperor of the Yeah. yeah. But the, the, that's another thing as well, when you what really confuses me with Doctor Who Canon storytelling, is, the continuity and everything, is that you watch remembrance of the Daleks and then Scarrow blows up and then all of a sudden there's the time wars. it's like, well, hang on a minute, how does Scarrow... Uh, yeah. Yeah, how does Scarrow get there? Yeah, and then and then Scarrow's destroyed. Okay, um, and then he gets to Matt Smith, and then he's on he's on Scarrow, and it's yeah, like
1: Scarrow. So yeah, how yeah. did he get
0: there? And then it's like Peter Capaldi. Oh, I mean,
1: Peter it's like Capaldi. Yeah, it was missing. and it's just like
0: wait, they brought it back, and it's just like wait, we knew it was already back. What are you talking yeah. about? Oh, it's just that's that's all I want. It's just a bit of clarity. I think that's what's missing in the the Doctor's story telling is just clarity. Yeah. Do you think
1: so? Or... I I do agree with that. Like there's certain certain things I do think they they should try and build on a bit more. Like like I said, try and sort out the dalek hierarchy. Basically, I just have an emperor at the top when he's not bashing the heads with Davros, in my yeah. opinion. Then you have the supreme council underneath.
0: Yeah.
1: Like have like how many supreme daleks you like to have? 8,
0: 9. Then, then. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then you would kind of Say what you will about the Dalek paradigm, but I did love the idea of the scientist and the strategist Daleks. Yeah.
0: yeah, I would have them back, but I would have them as what I think Stephen Moffat tried to do is that they were the superior Daleks. So yeah. the Daleks that we know answered to them, and yeah. they would, and those supreme Daleks would answer to the the, the Emperor, the Prime Minister Dalek, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I. I I would have um, a bit controversial if I was to bring him back. I'd have him win. Yes, I would. A, have a, fr- a few him. a few of my friends dislike that. It's like well, no, it just wouldn't well, make it, sense. And it's like well, yeah, but there's there's nothing wrong with having a go because it's like oh, what would you do? There was loads of things that I can't really point out, but a lot of people dislike the idea. There were some logistical reasons. There was not many, but I would. I, it sounds controversial, but I would. I would have them win. Yeah, and... and it's been done at times
1: in certain comics and certain audios, where sometimes the Daleks do win in places, like Patient mm-hmm. Zero. They got away with the um, plague, which causes um great, great gratifications in the Eighth Doctor era. Yeah, and heck, even victory of the Daleks—they got away um, mostly scot-free. Yeah, yeah. In, them, in Doomsday, didn't they win? Well. Would you they're, say they Technically, their Genesis arc got destroyed and all the Daleks got... Um, and Most of the other Daleks vanished. But, yeah, I like to think the Cult of Ascaro got away scot-free. Yeah,
0: And they kind I, of got I a... I, I was a bit gutted. I was a bit gutted. I love the, the Daleks take Manhattan uh, story, but I was a bit gutted that the Cult of Ascaro just got... They went just Offed, like that. yeah.
1: Because I do love the idea of Daleks having names. Yeah. Like, not all of them. Like, say... The Emperor perhaps has a name. Like, I always wanted to have the Emperor, known as Kalan, named after their (laughs)
0: capital city. Do you know what was really funny, though? One of my um, my friend uh, uh, someone said (laughs) I think it was Lewis, I think it was Lewis who said this, right? Um, He said, uh, I told him about the Dalek set, Dalek the, Dalek Khan, and Dalek and whatever, and and uh, I went. I'm a bit surprised they haven't named, I don't know, Dalek Anthrax or something like oh that. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. it's not, it's,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't work, but I'd, say, I'd it'd be cool, yeah. yeah. It'd be a good name uh. if, if it wasn't used for something else, but <laughs> yeah. But we, we've talked about the modern doctor, we talked about uh, Paul McCann, we got to talk about the classics. Now, this is where I was getting into it, right? Um, after, I think it was after. I think it was in between. It could have been after um the second season. No, not after the second season. After the first season or I don't know, it's it's no pun intended. It, it it it's lost in time, somewhere yeah. in between yeah. what happened. Cause it was between either the the, the ninth Doctor uh, and the tenth Doctor in series one and two. I was sat home and UK TV Gold before it was became the British sitcom channel. Yeah. It had a marathon of Doctor Who, all the classics. Nice. I don't know if you remember that, but that's what I remember. And some of the episodes that hold dear to me were um, uh, the two doctors with Patrick Chapman and Colin Baker, because nice. that was one of the first I watched. And they weren't in canon as well, so they were all over the place. Yeah, all yeah. And, um, excuse me... Uh, so I saw most of the Colin Baker episodes, and I. that's why I'm not one of those anti-Colin Bacon era, a lot of people Agreed. say he's, he's the worst one. And I was like, well, no, I was, one he's of my not. first One of my first classic Doctor Who DVDs that I bought was, um, uh, oh, no, Revelations of the Daleks. Nice. Yeah, that was my first ever. I walked into Warworth and my mum said, right, you're going to pick a film, pick whatever to buy, and I just went over to the DVD section, and this is around about the time where I just saw some of the classics on... Uh, on uh, UK TV Gold, I just saw the David Tennant coming as the Doctor. So I was like, oh, I want to have a Doctor Who one. And there it is. It was Revelations of the Daleks. Yes. And I watched it, and it just still holds a special place Agreed. in my heart. It was, It's just brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Credit with
1: credit due to Colin Baker. I always loved the gravitas in his voice. Sassin of his coat aside, he had some really interesting serials, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Do, you, do you think, though, it was the right call to have Patrick Troughton and Colin Baker be together? because they have, there have are some similarities there with, in terms of wit, in terms of, um, uh, what was it, uh, rebounds of the jokes and yeah. everything. He says something, then Patrick Troughton says something back, and they're both a bit, they, they don't mince their words. They're very yeah. straight to the point. Do you, do you agree? That... I,
1: I do agree. I need, I need to get back to watching The Two Doctors again at some point, because it was an interesting one, and it was great just seeing Jamie and Perry with as well together yeah. as
0: well. Going on to top doctors, right? We we all love Doctor Who. We all have our favourites, and especially with uh, David Tennant coming back for three episodes, and we got Trudi Gatwa in the mix. Now, what? Who is your favourite Doctor? And do you know what? I'm gonna give you top three. Oof, top three. Well, in that case, well, at the top, I always
1: say my first Doctor, Paul McGann. He always speaks to me so well, and I always loved some of the audios that he had as well. Um, from there, I'd probably go with... Well, my favourite from the classic series will always be Peter Davison. And mm. the reason is threefold. Number one, I love Nisa and Tegan. Mm. Such a great ones. I always loved his run-ins with Anthony Ainley's Master.
0: Because
1: mm. they played off each other so well. And in my opinion, Peter Davison had some of the best episodes of of the classic series. For example... Earth shock always left, left me in tears the first time I saw mm. it. Um, I always enjoy the Black Guardian trilogy. Mm. Five Doctors, the very first classic um, serial I ever watched, will always have a special place in my heart. And to this day, Caves of Androzani is the best regeneration episode.
0: Yeah, they always say it's one of the best Doctor Who episodes ever.
1: And right, and they they're right to do so because it's such a bleak serial. Yeah, I think um, Mr. Tardis review said it best. He's like the doctor. Yeah, it's on a planet that no one wants that no, that he shouldn't be in. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think it was Mr. Tardis Tardis. Is he the one that um, he does that like our our documentation of yes, because were... yes, I was watching that. That's the reason why I said it's been considered one of the best. And um, my top three. Right. Oh, I... Wait, I
1: haven't done my third one. Yet. Oh, sorry, sorry. You yeah. know, always... yeah. you said... The third one, in my opinion, from the new series, it's Matt Smith, and it's mainly because of Series 5, which, in my opinion, is my favourite season of the new series, because I just love the cracking time arc.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My top three, so... <sighs> David Tennant will always be my my all-time favorite. The, the, his charm, his wisdom, the intelligence, the way he speaks, the way he commands. He, he is the Doctor. Yeah. He, you know that this actor is not playing the Doctor for the sake of it. He's playing the Doctor because he's dreamt of playing the Doctor. Oh, yeah. You know he, he wants it badly. And do you know what? Every time every time I watch that Doctor Who TARDIS review one, um, where they talk about, he talks about um, David Tennant's era and it says when that seven young cha- seven-year-old was watching, I don't know, Tom Baker or something like that, he knew he wanted to be the Doctor yeah. and it's like, I was like, I just want to... You just want to go back in time and tell that kid... Not only are you going to play the Doctor... You're going to play him twice. twice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Yeah. You're going to play him twice... Because you're that damn good. Yeah, <laughs> you are. <laughs> David Tennant. But th- there's the thing though... It, it, just because he's my favourite Doctor... And it's a bit of a cliche... Mm-hmm. But it's because he's, he's just brilliant... And I continue watching it... Simply because he made me a fan. Not a David Tennant fan. He made me a fan. So that's my number one. Number two... I had the honour of meeting him. Sylvester McCoy. Yeah. Sylvester McCoy. There uh, was... Some times champion. Times champion. He was just... I don't know. There was something about him that made me look, relate to him. Maybe because he was bubbly nurse, his clumsiness, and his uh, little... His little charm to it. I, oh, yeah. I love, I love the great, um, the greatest show in the galaxy. I love the Remembrance of the Daleks. I love the Silver Nemesis. I love Battlefield. Battlefield, where I thought Brigadier was going to die. I yeah. was like, oh my Whoa. god, no! And um, I love the Curse of Fenric. Yes. Uh, I love Survival. Do you know what? All my favorite stories are in Sylvester McCoy's era. True. And every time, oh Delta in the Bannerman, which is filmed in Barry. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's there's something, I don't know what it is about uh, Sylvester McCoy, even Colin Baker's um, uh, uh, stories, but there's something nostalgic about them. I don't know what it is, but there's something nostalgic. Yeah, for for me, because I love Sylvester McCoy's era,
1: I think it's the music tracks by, I keep forgetting what the guy's name was when Cara was singing it on his review earlier, Dominic mcculloch i think it was called i'll have to look it up later but i loved these soundtracks in the 80s as well because mm. they just played with the synthesizers and the guitar riffs at times yeah. it was just so great
0: yeah so that's sylvester mccoy is um my number two and number three uh you may be surprised you may not be surprised uh patrick troughton
1: ah famous for the bass under siege yeah. stories
0: he's he's one of my favorites um one of the first Stories that I was introduced to Patrick Trouton was the uh, the Tomb of the Cybermen. Yes, uh, I loved the Ice Warrior stories. I loved the Invasion. Um, My personal
1: ne- favourite, yeah. Invasion.
0: I I I was introduced very young to Patrick Trouton, and there was just something about Patrick Trouton. then. a bit like Sylvester McCoy and David Tennant, where it, it, he spoke to me that something that re- resonated. Maybe it's because I'm very um, I don't mince my words, so I'm like, "Oh yeah, you are better do this," and I was like, "Oh my god, I got it from Patrick Troutman." I did. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing about Patrick Troutman, he was ahead of his time. He was. It was. I I don't know if you watched the homemade video um, when they were interviewing him in America. I don't think this was the one where um, he was. It's not the one where he, before he died. It was. I think it was one of the trips. Be- you know, before. And he was talking about, he was asked about how, what the doctor is and everything. And he turned around and said he could be a man, could be a woman. He was so far ahead of his he was, time. Yeah. And the way he went in depth about the character is like, oh my God, this guy knows Doctor Who. Yeah, this guy knows is. Doctor Who inside and out. There's no go to ways about it. He is the doctor. It's
1: true.
0: Yeah. And those are my top three. Yeah. And if someone said, oh, if, if you, I, I would love to see Reese. Shea Smith played the Second Doctor, mm. and uh, a lot of people may be surprised about how come we didn't say Tom Baker. How come we didn't say John Pertwee? They're all brilliant in their own way, but there's there's probably yeah. someone there's probably a Doctor for someone that yeah. will speak to them. It could be t- uh, Tom Baker. It could be Peter Davison. Mm-hmm. I I mean, if I had to pick the top five, Peter Davison would be in it, and Colin Baker would be in it. It's too true. Are you looking for the perfect bracelet for a loved one? Would your man be interested in a personalised keyring from his children? Are you looking for the best priced jewellery whether it be a necklace, ring, earrings, bangle or even more? Look no further than Crafted Arts. Crafted Arts is a local business based in Barry within the Vale of Morgan and they have a range of all the perfect items you need. If it's for the perfect gift for an anniversary or maybe it's for someone's birthday, maybe something for Christmas or you wanted to give someone that perfect gift that will last a long time, Crafted Arts it's the business for you. If you want to know more or see what they have in stock, then you can visit them locally at 29 High Street, Barry, Fairlake Morgan, CF627EB. Or you can go onto their website at www.craftedarts.co.uk. You can even email them at info at craftedarts.co.uk. Or maybe just give them a call at 77 89 Trust me, it's worth it for the perfect gift. The best thing about creative space is that we don't just want to encourage people in being creative in TV, film or even theatre. We also want you to be creative in a variety of other things as well. So do you want to have experience in making jewellery, do you want to pick up a hobby, But do not know what to take or where to start, then look no further than the Veil Jewelry Workshops. Veil Jewelry Workshops provides the best experience in teaching you how to make the best sterling silver jewelry. They will help you make a range of silverware, including rings, bracelets and many more pieces you will learn the basic silversmith skills such as soldering, texturing shaping and lots more not only do the workshops provide the experience for adults it also provides the best experience and fun for children as well so if you want to learn on how to make sterling silver jewelry and if you're very interested go on to their website at www.veiledewerryworkshops.co.uk or get in touch with them via email at info at or even phone them at zero double seven eight nine seven nine four two four eight, we're going to get down controversial, now mm. a bit controversial, Here we go. And, and talk about Chris Chibnall and talk about Julie Whitaker's era Doctor go. Who because a lot of people are so excited. I say a lot of people. There is a a part of the Doctor Who community that loves the fact that that is no more, that is no more. And there's another part that really liked Chris Chibnall, really liked Jodie Whittaker. Um, What is your take as a fan?
1: As far as the Chibnall era goes, I was was pretty interested um, when they revealed Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Because I've seen a few um, bits of her in Broadchurch and everything, and I thought she could pull it off. And I don't know why, she always gave me Romana vibes when I first saw her, so Mm. she's like, okay, we're off to a good start. That being said, the Chibnall era, what really annoys me about the Chibnall era is how fast-paced the plots can be at times, Mm. or how sometimes some stuff can just easily just be forgotten. Yeah. It didn't help that we um, had what was basically the... um, Fifth Doctor, uh, early Fifth Doctor era problem at the time when there was like one too many companions.
0: Yeah,
1: and the biggest problem I found is like most of, um, I think I got it from Yazd And um, at the most, it's like some of them just didn't have a really good character arc. Mm. Graham had a really good one in the very first season where he's trying to adjust to a life without his wife. Mm. And I did love um uh, um Dan um Dan Bishop with him, his little. Run, we try trying to get to see his girl. John right? Bishop, yeah. yeah, John Bishop. Playing Dan, yeah, Dan, yeah.
0: <laughs> that was a good one, yeah. I didn't like. Who um, was? Was it Ryan? Was it? What was he Ryan other?
1: Sinclair?
0: Yeah, I didn't like him. He was just boring. He was boring, and it, and the way he reacted, he was like, "Oh my god!" It was so dry.
1: Yeah. Now,
0: I I just I I thought, oh my god, get rid of him. and yeah. I liked Graham. I thought there was gonna be some conflict between him. Graham and the Doctor because of the obviously Graham is a little bit older, but I, yeah, I thought it would be too. Um, Yasmin, I liked, but she, I, I liked to a certain point. I felt like she knew more than the the Jodie Whittaker's Doctor knew more. Yeah, she was can... more advanced. Uh, a lot of people probably say leave Yasmin alone or you leave Jodie. It's, it's not yeah. it's not bashing. It's just. I. There could have been I felt more. so. Yeah, I felt so sorry for Geordie Whitaker because her, her letdown was, the writing. Yeah. The writing. Chris Chibnall just yeah. did. My opinion. It's it, ugh, it, it is probably bashing Chris Chibnall. So I do apologise who to those Doctor who fans who like Chris Chibnall and fair enough. Each each is to their own. But I just didn't think he was a good showrunner. No. He just the way he handled it, and because I think. A lot of people say, oh, it was Stephen Moffat. That started off the the depth, um, the depth of Doctor Who. Because, I mean, at the time of Chris Chibnall's uh, reign as the, the showrunner, if you think about it, a lot of people were worried that Doctor Who was going to get cancelled because a lot of the hate was going towards that show. So yeah. you know, this didn't not do make any sense. And he became his own enemy yeah because he, of... he slid off John Nathan Turner yeah he live on television and it's like well mate the, the things you're talking about you're doing exactly the same, same thing same thing yeah so
1: and I couldn't and yeah here, here for me is where we start talking about the one overarching story that he was doing the timeless child arc when it was first um, introduced what that was all about all I was just like dude you're taking the cardinal master plan and trying to screw around with it yeah yeah I, I, uh,
0: did you like it,
1: honestly? The concept was interesting, but the execution was really um off. I would have been more happy if they kind of kept it in the blank of whether or not the Doctor was it. Because one thing they could have played with was, everyone knows from the extended lore that Razalon created the Matrix, so you could always say that Razalon was making stuff up or making an abbreviated version of events. Mm. And when they introduced Tectium as well, I would have been just like, um, "Just like, am I the child?" And it's like, "Who's been telling you that?" Mm. And it's just, and, it, and "That would be an interesting thing." I just didn't like when they were trying to say, "No, that is you," and like, "You used to call me mother." I was just like, oh, "Please don't do that." Mm. I would have been, I would have been more happier if Tectium had said. Back in the day, I you used to be my companion. Mm. That would have been a more interesting thing instead. Like, oh, that's where you got that from.
0: I can understand whether it's like, looking into the special features of Doctor Who, they wanted to make, especially with the Sylvester McCoy's era, they wanted to bring back the mysterious of the Doctor. So I can understand with with Tribmo where he was trying to go with it, but I think the execution just did not go well. No, Do you reckon?
1: Yeah, because... I've only I've only read Times, um, uh Times Cradle, um, uh, no, what's it called? Times Crucible, Cat's Cradle. So I only know a small bit of the original Cardinal Master Plan in its entirety. But I always do love the idea of trying to go back to pre-Time Lord Gallifrey and showing the mys- the mystery of that era. Mm. Do you want the Time Lords to come back? I do, and I don't at the same time, like. I like to bring back some of my personal favourite Time Lords. But when it came to Gallifrey, and this is kind of like a pinch on the nose, because a lot of people know that I love Robert Holmes. He's my favourite classic Doctor writer. And he was the one who wrote The Deadly Assassin, which was the very first one that actually took place on Gallifrey as a whole. And that's when he started introducing a lot more of the politics and the... um, the main society of Gallifrey. Like, I like the High Council. I like the founding members on all that. I was never a big fan of the Celestial Intervention Agency and the way they tried to get around the mm. whole of the intervention thing. Yeah. As far as Time Lords go, always bring back the Master because, well, the Master's the Master.
0: As you far want, as I want Sasha Dewan back.
1: Yeah, bring back Sasha Dewan.
0: Give him another run. He, he,
1: in my opinion, he has the makings of being a great multi doctor master, like the way Anthony Ainley was. In yeah. my opinion, and the best thing is he's so Do you versatile. John Simm had that capability,
0: had that, because um, obviously he was he was brought back in the you know, Peter Cavaldi Because I think that for the first time ever, they had a multi master story, and I was really <gasps> yeah. That was one of my favorite. It's like the thing about Stephen Moffat is at the time when he was showrunner, I didn't like him. Uh, hmm. I didn't like him. I didn't like the way he, he used Alex um, Kingston with a song a lot. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. I think he, maybe that's just me. Yeah. Maybe that was. But then I look back now. I think yeah. actually no, I like the River Song story arc. It, yeah. it sounds good. Yeah. If I'm not gonna like it now, I'll probably like it in five years or something like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, going back on the, the Masters, I I just I felt like the one of the only good things about Chris Chibnall, in my opinion. One of the good things that Chris Chibble did was bought in Sasha Duran as the master because he was, he was so good. <laughs> Anything he was bought, even in the worst storylines, even the time he started he made started, it cut. Yeah. It's it like, oh my god, he's,
1: yeah. like, he's, he's yeah. carrying it. Yeah, and as far as other Time Lords go as well, yes, I want to see Susan Foreman return, mainly so Caroline Ford can have her own regeneration episode. Yeah, she's long overdue for that. I would love to see Romana return. She was one of my favourite um, companions of the Fourth Doctor yeah. era. And as far as other villainous Time Lords go, I love the monk. You could just bring him back as a regular nuisance. He's not the master. He's not out to conquer the universe. He just wants to try and change things to something he
0: thinks is a lot more better. And the thing is as well, you can just say, "I because he, he was left in a certain time... Period, and you can uh, you can justify that saying he's wasted three regenerations on planet Earth mm-hmm. because of you. There's a story arc right there. Yeah. The um, Rani, I'd like to like to see. You her... could do so much with the Rani, considering
1: that her two episodes. My biggest nitpicks are what Pip and Jane Baker did in those stories. Mainly, that the Masters have always. Tr- um, they were the ones that always made gobbledygook over the science stuff. Don't believe me? Watch Timon and Rani. Some of the gobbledygook in that episode just goes, ugh. Yeah. And I want to see Omega return. To oh me, he's God, the yeah. true Time Lord founder. Razalon may have set the laws. Tetyon may have given us the regeneration. But Omega is... He gave us the legit Eye of Harmony. Mm. He's the one who made time travel possible. Yeah. And he is such a that, tragic character with the Antimatter you know universe. I'm putting you on the
0: spot now, Chris. Yeah. I am putting you on the spot. Girl How friend. would you bring it back? Here we go.
1: Well, you can <laughs> have, have it. He's still trapped in the Omega universe. And yeah, but he still Peter? has Peter Davison's form. Oh. Yeah. Because remember, in Ark of Infinity, he stole the Doctor's bio data, Yes, it was starting to fall apart, but it was still there. Yeah.
0: Ooh. Yeah. So you bring in Peter Davison to play Omega then? Yeah. Oh, you clever bastard! <laughs> <That> <laughs> well, clever. They, they
1: kind of did it in the audio Omega as well, where he kind of had a identity crisis, where he was
0: shifting between the Doctor and Omega. Yeah. Well, uh, put it this way as well: if if Peter Davison was P- Peter Davison, if if you were to bring him in, but obviously you you like to see a regeneration. Everyone likes to see a regeneration. Oh, yeah. Who would you pick as your Omega?
1: Oh, that's a difficult one. Because Omega always had a big, booming
0: voice to him. I, I've got an idea. Go for it. Well, uh, two, he could, he could play the Doctor for me. But he can also play Omega, Michael Sheen. Oh, yeah! <laughs>
1: yes, Michael Sheen! Yeah. Oh. And it,
0: it would just work so well, because he, he would be perfect as the Doctor... And I think it's long overdue now for a Welsh actor to play the oh, Doctor. Oh, yeah. We've already had, we've had, how many Scottish actors? There now three. Yeah. We've had Sylvester McCoy, we've had Davyton, we've had Peter Capaldi, which I love. I, I oh, love Peter yeah. Capaldi as well. <laughs> I love Peter Capaldi. Um, we've had so many English actors playing uh, uh, the, the Doctor. But I would just love, to, just, even for one series, just have a Welsh actor play the, the Doctor yeah. And I just love. I, I I would just picture now he regenerates and he just goes. Oh, I'm Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> just. But yeah, Michael Sheen yeah. as Omega. And
1: the one final Time Lord I'd love to see. That's such an obscure one. Morbius, mm. Time Lord of the first rank, who turned himself into a conqueror. <laughs>
0: but didn't he have like a body of a weird? It's like a it's, big it's because
1: his body got destroyed by the Sisterhood of Khan. And his cult decided to put him
0: in that stupid Frankenstein pot. Yeah. There's so much I would... Because that's one of the things that I would have done as a showrunner. Have a Time Lord themed episode um, story arc... Where you have 12 episodes. I know they're doing, what, 8 or 9 episodes for Chutty Gatwa's series. Mm -hmm. They're doing 8 or 9. But if I was given maybe just, say, 11, 10 or 11 episodes, right, each episode would feature a Time Lord. And at the very end, no, but at the very end, right, there would be a big Time Lord civil war. Oh, That's what I would love
1: to see. One of my great stories I always wanted to do was have Morbius take over Gallifrey mm. and basically turn it into his own um, uh, hellish nightmare on Earth kingdom well
0: i, I well this is the, the, one of the things i was going to talk about as a showrunner for doctor who and I'll, I'll tell you one of them is there was so many of how i could put it in but in this series i like i said i would have each story would focus on the time lord the first episode would be the master just just bring in the master but the master at the very end would go uh I didn't blow up Gallifrey, you know, the, what you saw was, and I would insult the audience a bit, you know, it, it would probably get shot in the foot by, because of it, but I would say, yeah, I, I didn't blow up Gallifrey. That Gallifrey that you saw, that was just another alternate universe. Yeah. And the thing is about Gallifrey, there's only one Gallifrey. Gallifrey is in charge of time and other worlds you know so i would do it that way yeah i would bring i would bring in or try because i know there's it's like oh my god the only reason why we have not seen omega back is because uh someone has the rights or something to omega that's, a th- shame. that's the reason why doctor who at the first episodes of doctor who someone owns the rights to them and selfishly mm-hmm. they're Ugh. not giving it away and i'm like well you're an asshole yeah um but I would t- try to have the Rani back and but do you know what would be the perfect thing all the way through it, right? He's he's seeing the monk, he's seeing the Rani, he's seeing this, he's seeing that. But every time I, I bring um uh the each episode in, right, at the very end, there's like Time Lords in black. Ooh. So seeing the same outfit, a bit like the Valiard. Oh yeah. that's another one. Oh, I bring in the, the Valiard. Valiard. Yes. No, I, I bring it and hold it there, hold it there. So after each, every single episode, there's a time, there's a, a person in a tomb, right? Uh, like a prison in Gallifrey. Yeah. He's in cuffs. He's in gold. He's just covered in gold. And he's just laying there. And you could tell he's just psychotic. He's th- He's just there. And you don't see his face until maybe episode eight or nine. Okay. And, it, and these these Time Lords in black, they're like the, the I don't know, the, the Guardians of Lost Souls or something yeah. like that. And they're telling him, oh, the Doctor's done this, the Doctor's done that. And it turns out it's Omega oh. locked away in a Time Lord prison. And the reason why they've locked him in there is because during the Time War, they had to, they resurrected Raslon, Rass- that copter, up. So the, the men in black, they'll be like, uh, the Guardians of Lost Souls. So yeah. they've been tasked... To re- resurrect and bring back Omega, <laughs> so they brought him back. But the problem was, he's he's, he's, he's so, there he's yeah. not all there, and also he's still angry at the Time Lords for banishing him. So he's like, "I'm gonna get you." So that would be it. Uh, I would have it. Every every so that would be Morbius. I bring in everyone, yeah. but here's the 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 pull in. Underneath the pull the carpet underneath your feet moments right, the doctor's got a companion right, mm-hmm. a male companion who's just a clumsy fool he well you may think he's a clumsy fool, so at the end, um, at the end, I would have him get, um, the master, he's killed he get he gets shot by like a guy a gun or something yeah. and he falls to his death right. Mm-hmm. And you don't see him, and the Doctor's like, because the Doctor and the Master have been shaking hands like, right, we've got to destroy them. Doctor saves the day, goes off to the TARDIS, and this is where the Christmas special comes in. Ooh. So the the Doctor's about to set off the TARDIS, and he goes, wait a minute, I can't get it to fly. And the, the male companion just electrocutes him and goes, I have wasted my entire, my entire body to listen to you talk and talk and this male companion who we've been following all through the season turns out to be the master oh
1: my god that's (laughs) awesome yeah
0: and he's like I've been following you and then that builds up to your Christmas special
1: oh my gosh that's amazing
0: actually I would try and convince the BBC to get a a Christmas and a New Year's bit like um, the end of time yes I would do that oh
1: that'd be awesome
0: so that is me, sign me up BBC, I'll, I'll take over Wrestle T Davies, no problem, after five years. <laughs> That's not a problem. Um, but I'd love to bring back some of those time wars. I would bring back Gallifrey. Yeah. But the way I do it is how the classics would do it, every now and then. Every
1: now and then, don't make like, it So
0: So say, say you've done, so say someone did, um, uh, I don't know, nine series or something like that, right? In the last nine series, doesn't matter how many um, writers or showrunners you've yeah. got, Maybe bring back Gallifrey nine series, three stories. Yeah. That's enough. And just, just let him be and let him be for a bit. Yeah. Cause I really enjoyed it when they came back in the end of time. It's like, for Gallifrey, yeah. for victory, the yeah. end of time itself. And I loved when they kind of brought it back for for
1: the 50th ten years ago. I honestly thought it was gonna be like this slow burn to a return to Gallifrey. Yeah. Like I honestly thought it was gonna be like, oh, they're not gonna do this now for another Five or six seasons or something. Yeah. Uh, no, it happened in series nine. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
0: and the way they I think the way, Galfrid came back was a bit over, not overwhelming. Well, just underused at all. And yeah, there was a new on and I was like, oh,
1: yeah. Oh, they couldn't bring back Tim, Timothy Dalton. Oh, I think I Timothy
0: would... Dalton wasn't available. I think Timothy Dalton was like, I'm. I'm happy. I yeah, I,
1: I've done my one. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen them bring Richard Armitage in. You see,
0: I have you heard
1: oh, the audios? Richard as
0: Razzle on my God! Yeah, do you know what? That would be a great Omigo as well. Yeah, too true. Because uh, he's
1: great as the voice of Razzle on in the yeah.
0: audios. Luke Evans, I would have. Oh yes. But mainly either Luke Evans or Michael Sheen. Yeah. It's got to be someone with a menacing, menacing look to them. Agreed. So, of course, Doctor O'Day. David Tennant's return, Captain Tate's return, Big Russ's return, <laughs> and the only thing I only have a problem is he got he's got Davros walking now, and and we're not going to go into that because it it, it's a very touchy one, yeah. it's a touchy subject. But uh, I I i keep telling myself it's it's a prequel it's a prequel it's a prequel. So yeah,
1: it, it's it's pre-accident Davros in my opinion. Yeah. That's all I say about it. I'm
0: saying it about myself, and I keep saying so a lot. So I'm going to be. I'll wait
1: until his next appearance to say anything. Yeah,
0: matter. same. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We all know David Tennant is going to be brilliant. We all know the band is going to be getting back together. I'm more looking forward to Neil Patrick Harris as uh, the Toy Maker. Yeah,
1: same here. One of the most obscure characters of the first Doctor era and has some interesting um, bits of lore in the extended um, verse.
0: Yeah, um... D- do you think they will kill the toy maker off? Because I've, I I've read, yeah, so I read that he can die. Yeah. He, he's a century, centuries. He's older than the doctor.
1: Yeah. In the extended lore, the um, toy maker is what's known as the Crystal Guardian. He's like one of the guardians of time, like the white and black guardian. So he's like, he's the guardian of dreams. So yeah, again, he's older than the.
0: Wait a minute, guardian of dreams then? So that means was Toby Jones uh, the. Uh the time worms,
1: maybe
0: was he oh could
1: could be yeah but yeah like he's what he's one of the guardians of like what was like the sixth dimension the sixfold gods they're yeah. called so yeah yeah they're above and beyond time lords they can shut down the tardis with a fort
0: yeah yeah like yep done because that's what could could happen in the cause yeah if you notice in the trailers the tardis just runs away runs
1: away yeah yeah and, yeah, that makes sense, considering it's just like, yeah, these beards are beyond us. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be killed or anything. I think, like, the original, the Doctor's going to, like, try and beat him at his own game. That's what I think this is. It's a, it's just another one of those toy makers, like,
0: in would the you words like, of Jigsaw, yeah.
1: I want to play a game.
0: Yeah. Would you like, after this episode, would you like to see... I, I know we're jumping the gun a bit because we haven't seen The Giggle, because it's called The Giggle. Yeah. Around. But would you like to see Neil Patrick Harris come back as a recurring toy maker? Or would you see different actors play the toy maker? Or?
1: I, I think we'll see other actors play the toy maker. Because it has been explained as well that the guardians can change their form as well. So if the toy maker is anything like that, he probably would do that
0: as well. Yeah. What do you think on Chuty Gatwa being the doctor? I'm
1: pretty interested. What, yeah. yeah. Like being a TV extra, I was on set with him on Sex Education. Oh my
0: God! Don't star with. Oh my God! I know
1: it's it, it it's a story I don't need to go into. But yeah. from what I've seen and that, I think he's going to make a really interesting doctor. Yeah. What what, what kind of doctor do you think he'll be? Um, it's a difficult one to say because we've only seen one particular clip where he's just saying, "Can someone tell me what the hell is going on?"
0: Yeah. But what in your in your. Uh fantasy booking, let's say, how do you think, and the way he's dressed as well, the way, it don't bother me, I, I love I love the kilt, man, I'm thinking, man, he is bossing the kilt. Yeah, he yeah. is. Um, what, do you, what type of doctor do you think it is? Because I reckon Tutti Gatt was going to be that particular doctor where he's been there and done that. Agreed. In, in the sense that like he's that. just he just knows he's going to be that... I think that mature doctor... A lot of people think... Because, you know, you got, oh, I think you got some of these people who are, um, who are just assuming that, oh, my God, he's going to be the, the, the gay doctor or anything like that. And I'm like, no, uh, he's not going to be like, like that. Nothing
1: that mundane. I think no. it's going to be more on the line yeah I do believe he's going to be like a mature doctor I think he's going to be stemming between the lines and this is an odd comparison between John Pertwee and Sylvester McCoy where it's like he's straight narrow to earth and It's like a very proactive
0: doctor mm. I, I, I agree with you there I just look forward to seeing what he can do yeah do you, do you um, have an issue I don't particularly but do you have an issue where Russell T. Davis said oh yeah it's going to be called series one or season one
1: um, I'm hit and miss with it. Like I, I still consider it to be the next season anyway. Yeah. So, if he's gonna take take it back to basics, I heck they could have done that with
0: series ten when they called the episode the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I I just don't know with um with uh, when it comes to costumes, right? We are familiar with each doctor with their own costume. Now, my opinion with the costume making is is like, look at um, David Tennant. He had the similar suits, but in different colour. Matt Smith had the same look, but in different colours and way. But you could tell it was still... Peter Capaldi, he was just all over the place. Jodie Whittaker, she had the same. Same, yeah. But I'm seeing Judy Gatway in so many costumes, so many designs. I'm like... Oh, i i just don't want i yeah. don't want it to be all over all the,
1: over the place with it yeah, yeah. i'm
0: hoping that that,
1: that, that the one those he, other the one's ever costume so yeah. just for that particular time and era it's just like yes. it's just going with the flow with the era
0: yeah because i really liked his i really like the outfit with the um the brown leather coat, coat and the, the yeah. shirt and the trousers and those trainers i like oh my it looks God. good yeah it good and he looks really good as the Doctor. He looks good as the Doctor. He looks like the Doctor. Oh, yeah. But what can he do it?
1: Only one way to find out.
0: In I've three weeks' said, time.
1: In three weeks' yeah. time. I've always said, there's no such thing as a bad Doctor. There is such thing as bad
0: writing, but never, that's neither here nor there. Is that what Tom Baker said? <laughs> yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, have you seen David, Tom Baker? Oh, My yeah. God, that man. Oh. 89, he's pushing 90 soon. And it's like a lot of people's like, oh, my God, he looks frail. It's like... Yeah, because he's pushing 90. 90. what do you expect? What are you expect him to do? But he's still Regenerate. doing really well
1: with he's still doing really well with the audios as well. He's yeah. had a
0: few really good ones. He put um Doctor Who book as well.
1: Yeah, he did. That's right, the Slenderman one, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. All I know about that one is that it has Sarah Jane Smith in it and Harry Sullivan. Yeah. One of my favourite underrated companions. He should have been in there for an
0: extra season. And that's Doctor Who all over. Yeah. What So, last thing now, last question. What do you hope for in these three specials?
1: Well, that's a difficult one. With, with the first one, the Star Beast, I'm guessing it's going to be basically the adaptation of Alan Moore's one. Well, he's already said that. Like... Russell T.
0: Davis already said that on BBC One. Back. Yeah, so... Which I like. I like that, that he's... he's. This is one of the reasons why I'm always giving Russell T. Davis the opportunity, the, the chance to bring it up Because... Right, I'll 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 say this now, and I'm not for or against it. I'm just a bit. Uh, he's talked about. He went on Doctor Who Unleashed and talking about the the children need special and saying that, oh, uh, we can't have Davos in the wheelchair now. It's like, well, no. I I is I the idea and the way he's approached it, I disagree with. But fair. Enough. But this is Russell T. Davis. I know he will do justice. Because, mm-hmm. but then again, there's the we always talk about Russell T. Davis as this perfect showrunner, right? Mm-hmm. But keep in mind. We saw some. We had some stinkers, odd
1: ones, yeah, yeah,
0: and fear. Um, what was it? Uh, Love and Monsters. Yeah, Love and Monsters. Yeah. Um, what's the one? Fear her.
1: Not fear. Yeah, her? fear her. Yeah. yeah. And personally, I was never a big fan of how he did his take on Story Arcs, because his were always just like throwing a name or something throughout certain episodes, like you'd have Bad Wolf mentioned every so often or the torture Institute. In my opinion. The best um, story arc he did was the Mister Saxon um, story arc. That confused me. It, it was it wasn't so much the Harold Saxon stuff itself. It was the, the background stuff with Martha's family and, uh, and throughout the season. Yeah, because when they said
0: Mister Saxon, I was a bit like, I, uh, even in the even in the uh, uh, Runaway Bride. Yeah. It's like, order for Mr. Saxon, fire it well. Oh my well God. D- David Tennant said that in the uh, commentary. He's like, Mr. what? Mr. Saxon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love David Tennant. I oh, know. so Have you good. met him?
1: I have. I've had a photo with him and Billy Piper.
0: Oh, you bitch.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll set you back, though. <laughs> he's I I'm glad he's back, in that well I got him to sign my orgy my um book. I turned my twenty thirteen Who's Who Doctor Who book into an um into an autograph book, and it's basically been growing and growing. Heck, um this last weekend at the Wales Comic Con, I got the autograph signed by Jenna Coleman.
0: oh that's brilliant, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we're looking forward to Doctor Who. Oh, we are. I yeah, I've never been so excited now.
1: Yeah, looking forward to the Star Beast. I'm curious with what they're doing with the Blue Yonder because that's the most mysterious one we they, haven't been. They, given they've
0: kept much. it very hush hush, haven't they? Yeah. And even Russell T Davis said that that's not the title.
1: Yeah. So I get I get the feeling I'm hoping that it's going to be like a multiple Doctor storyline or something like that. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen or something. Yeah. And then of course we get then getting the giggle with the Toy Maker. I think that's going to be my personal favourite one, but I'm probably being biased because I do love Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah,
0: and here we go. That's Doctor Who.
1: Oh yeah. Ah, oh, come on. Six, another sixty years? No, six hundred years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are you looking for the perfect bracelet for a loved one? Would your man be interested in a personalised keyring from his children? Are you looking for the best priced jewellery whether it be a necklace, ring, earrings, bangle or even more? Look no further. Crafted Arts. Crafted Arts is a local business based in Barry within the Vale of Glamorgan, and they have a range of all the perfect items you need. If it's for the perfect gift for an anniversary, or maybe it's for someone's birthday, maybe something for Christmas, or you wanted to give someone that perfect gift that will last a long time, Crafted Arts is the business for you. If you want to know more or see what they have in stock, then you can visit them locally at 29 High Street, Barry, Vale of Morgan, CF62. 7 EB. Or you can go onto their website at www.craftedarts.co.uk You could even email them at info at craftedarts.co.uk Or maybe just give them a call at 077-89-94248 Trust me, it's worth it for the perfect gift. The best thing about creative space is that we don't just want to encourage people in being creative in TV, film or even theatre. We also want you to be creative in a variety of other things as well. So do you want to have experience in making jewellery, do you want to pick up a hobby, do not know what to take or where to start, then look no further than the Veil Jewelry Workshops. Veil Jewelry Workshops provides the best experience in teaching you how to make the best sterling silver jewelry. They will help you make a range of silverware, including rings bracelets, and many more pieces. You will learn the basic silversmith skills such as soldering, texturing, shaping, and lots more. Not only do the workshops provide the experience for adults, it also provides the best experience and fun for children as well. So if you want to learn on how to make sterling silver jewellery, and if you're very interested, go onto their website at www.veildewerryworkshops.co.uk or get in touch with them via email at info at or even phone at zero double seven eight nine seven nine four two four eight.